quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood. Yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connected parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Peace and Parenting. I'm Michelle and I'm so glad you're here. I wanted to talk about this idea of you hurt my feelings and I'm very disappointed in you. And I posted about these two ideas a couple of times on Instagram and it was very disconcerting for a lot of people because they couldn't wrap their heads around this idea that maybe it isn't the best thing to say that to our children when they've said or done something that's been unkind. So if your child has done something that's unkind and you respond with, you hurt my feelings, you're almost like completely taking over the entire situation. So your child says something unkind. That should be our first indicator that something is wrong with this child. They're not doing well. And they've said or done something that is not what they want to be doing. And they aren't saying something unkind because they somehow think it's the right thing to do. Any child over two years old knows that it's not nice to say unkind things or to do unkind things. It isn't that they don't know. So they aren't operating in their right mind. But as soon as we personalize it, as soon as we take over the entire situation and say, I cannot allow you to speak like that. That is unkind. Do not talk to me like that. You hurt my feelings. We've totally taken over the whole situation and made it about us. But it is about them. It's about their dysregulation. It's about them not doing well and us uttering these phrases. And not, it's not so much that we utter these phrases, but we have this mindset that they are wrong. They need to be corrected. They are not to talk like that. And I'm going to kindly or otherwise tell them that they can't speak to me like that because I'm offended because I've taken offense to this, this wrongdoing. But there's no reason for us to take offense because that this child's not doing well, obviously. And they've said or done something that is unkind because they aren't doing well. And we've all found ourselves in these situations as parents where we've said or done something that is unkind. 
And we don't do those unkind things because we somehow don't know better. Of course we do. We just have hard moments, much like our children. So is it helpful in that moment when your child isn't doing well to say, I cannot allow you to speak to me like that. This was really unkind. This hurt my feelings. I'm very disappointed in you. Does that help our child? I don't think so. Does that help them learn anything? On Instagram, I got a lot of pushback about, well, you have to teach your child that what they say can hurt somebody else. Well, first of all, that is not the moment to teach a child that they that their words are impactful and can hurt somebody else. Two is, I don't really believe they don't know that already. And three is, when we bring it to their attention, especially when they're not doing well, they feel shame. And the parent-child relationship is a different relationship. This is the place that should be the most sacred place that they have is with us. And they don't need to necessarily be called out on their wrongdoings with us. We need to be the safe sanctuary for them to be able to be dysregulated, for them to be able to have their really hard moments. And we can hold space for that. If my child says something unkind to me, now granted, I'm not perfect either. And sometimes when my kid says something unkind to me, I do want to say something. And I have said something in the past, but I know that I I don't want to. I know that best practice is not to do that. A phrase that I really like to use is, I know you wouldn't be saying that if you weren't feeling bad. I'm right here. I'm listening. And then I just hold space and I'm quiet. And sometimes I let Esme because she'll go off. You have no idea, blah, blah, blah. You're not me. You don't understand you're so mean and she'll go in some tirade because she's not doing well. And I hold that space for her. And in several minutes, she comes around and she says, I'm so sorry, mom. She did the other day. She gets hangry. She's, you know, five, one, all of 92 pounds and she doesn't eat enough. And she was starving and she took it out of me. And when she was done taking it out of me, she said, no, I'm so sorry. I was just hangry. I should have eaten. I know better. I'm sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. And I didn't need to say a word. I really didn't. And when I held that space for her, she got all the way through and came around. Not, the reason that she does that is because I hold space. And you know, her outbursts like that are fewer and farther between. And they're only in her really dysregulated moments now. But she still has them. And so do I, quite frankly. And so do many of us. And you know, our prefrontal cortex, the reasoning part of our brain isn't fully developed until we're in our mid to late 20s. So I'm expecting this from her for quite some time. But I'm also going to hold space and be the safe place for her to be able to get it out. Because I want her to know that no matter what, I will be there. Even if she says unkind things, I'm going to be there for her because I want her to come with her dysregulation to me. Because I know moving forward in her life, I'll be her first call. I will be her first place where she comes to because she knows that I can handle it and because I'm not going to turn it into being about myself. You can't speak to me like that. You know, this is unkind. I'm not going to utter those things. Well, in my most, in my best moments, I'm not going to utter those things. But I'm not going to utter those things because I want to make sure she has a place to fall apart. And I want that place to be with me. A lot of people said, in the comments, I had like 300 comments. You know, it's inauthentic not to tell a child how you feel. And I I don't know if I, I mean, I hate to say this, but I don't know if it matters really. Your child in that moment is not looking for your authenticity. Your child in that moment is looking for a safe place to have big, ugly, disgusting feelings. 
And so you might be being inauthentic, but is that the point really of all of this is to be authentic with our feelings? They know if they've done something wrong. If they're over two years old, they know they've done something wrong. And so is this a place where you need to authentically be into your feelings? Now I get it. We don't want to have people railroad us, but this is the parent-child relationship, right? This is the soft place. Like this isn't the same way in which you come to your friendships or come to your romantic relationships or come to your other relationships because there you're on a level playing field. You're both adults. Not one person depends on the other. You're both coming at kind of the same playing field. With a child, the child depends on you. They need you. They want to please you. They don't want to disappoint you. And when they do disappoint you, it causes their own internal shame and their own internal guilt and their own internal remorse. And when we utter these phrases, you hurt my feelings, I'm very disappointed in you, now we've added on extra shame and extra disappointment and extra guilt almost. And so a child might really fight against that, like really be mad because they're the strong-willed kid or could the more agreeable kid become the people pleaser and go more into themselves because they don't want to disappoint us and they don't want to make us feel bad. They don't want to be doing things that are going to damage the relationship. And is this whole idea, is this holding our child accountable for our feelings? Because we've taken a situation and immediately turned it into being about us instead of leaving it where it needed to be about them. My one-on-one parenting sessions are designed for us to dive deeply into your own personal parenting struggles. I wasn't being who I wanted to be as a parent. And I was often just really at a loss for what to do in situations that felt really hard. That's where we were when we started. We unravel those struggles using connection as opposed to resorting to punishments and threats and bribes. I teach you how to make that change. Myself and my husband like just didn't really know how to connect with our daughters. It was like a complete paradigm shift from what we were doing that was very obviously not working into more, how can I be the best parent you need me to be in whatever situation we find ourselves in? Let me help you find more self-regulation so you can have the calm household that you always wanted to have. And now I'm like, duh, I wish I learned this sooner. Become my private client today to find more peace in your household. Go to courses.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions to find out more information. Well, I'm so glad we found you. Thank goodness for Instagram. The other piece that came up is how do we teach them that what they do is unkind? How do we teach them that things are unkind? I think kids learn what's kind and what's unkind by watching us be kind people, by watching us have great interactions, by watching us be kind to them. They know what kindness feels like. You can't just tell a child, you have to be kind. Be kind to your sister. That doesn't make a child kind. That's why correction in this verbal way really doesn't work. It doesn't make anybody more empathic or kinder or more loving. It just doesn't work like that. It works through modeling. 80% of what kids learn is what's modeled to them. So if you model kindness, they're going to be kind, but they're also going to make mistakes. And that's totally normal for kids to make mistakes as they develop because they are developing their empathy. They are developing their kindness, but telling them to be kind 
or telling them to be empathic isn't going to make them do it. Just like telling them they were unkind isn't going to make them be kind. So the parent-child relationship is this sacred place, this place that you only have with the people you are either a parent of or you're a child. And it's a, it's a different relationship than what exists in the real world. So a lot of people will say in the comments, you're not setting them up for the real world. The real world isn't going to allow them to speak to people like that. And you know you need to make sure that you're preparing them for the real world. I don't think so. I think kids know about the real world. Quite frankly, they know entirely too young. They learn right away when they go to school. As soon as they go to preschool, they learn they learn about shame and embarrassment. They learn about consequence and punishment. They learn about all of those things almost immediately. And I don't want those things to be part of my child-parent relationship. And I certainly don't want those things to be part of my child-parent relationship just so I can prepare my kids to have more of that ugly stuff. They're going to have plenty of it in their lives. And I do not want it to be part of the way in which I interact with my kids. So that whole idea that you're going to prepare children to interface with the, with the real world, that you need to be doing that as a parent, I just think doesn't hold any water whatsoever. We want to be the soft place. We want to show them that we love them unconditionally. And showing somebody you love them unconditionally really stems from this idea of holding space when they're having a hard time. So one of the major tenets of connected parenting is listening to big feelings. And sometimes those big feelings include words and unkind gestures and unkind things like hitting, like I hate you, like, you know, you're dumb. Often when we're listening to big upsets, we get these phrases and we get these actions. And I've coached hundreds of people to stay through those feelings and try not to let it rattle them and it is transformative. It creates copious amounts of connection. And it cements you in this bond that is so very different than anything I've ever felt. So the first time I ever sat through, instead of getting mad, like I used to get mad and send me to timeout, or I even just say, you are not to speak to me like that. That is not okay. That is disrespectful. And that is unkind. And when the, the first time I decided, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to hold space because that, first of all, that wasn't working. It didn't make anybody feel good and it didn't make anybody be kind. So I sat through, I remember sitting through my first very upset and she was saying and doing all kinds of mean things. And I just said, I'm right here. I'm going to stay with you. And she lost her mind. I mean, rolling around on the ground, trying to hit me, trying to kick me, trying to spit at me. Um, trying to headbutt me, trying to do all kinds of things because she had so many stored feelings. And I sat through that tantrum and that tantrum was, I think it was an hour and a half at least. And she thrashed her entire room and she made a mess and she was out of control. And do you know what that sweet girl said at the end of this? I'm so sorry, mommy. She was five. I'm so sorry, mommy. I don't know why I did that. And I said, it's okay, honey. You just had a lot of big feelings. And that kid, had never been more loving in her life to me after that. She was glued to me all night. She must have told me she loved me a hundred times. She went to bed without a fuss. She brushed her teeth. I have never felt more connected to her than when I sat through those feelings and didn't turn them into being about me. When I could actually 
fly at 30,000 feet or parent at 30,000 feet when I could have some enlightenment for a minute, when I could get there, she had all of those feelings and it made her feel so much better. It made us feel so much more bonded. And it was like, it was like a drug to me. Like I needed to keep doing that for her and for us. And it started to really feel good because I let go of my of my agenda. I let go of trying to teach her not to do something or tried to reprimand her or tried to correct her. I really leaned into this idea that I was just going to be her safe space for all her feelings, no matter what they were. And when I could let go of this, you disappointed me, you hurt my feelings, you were disrespectful, and kindly telling her those things, which didn't work, by the way, didn't make her more kind and didn't make her more regulated. But what it did do is made her feel shame. And she's a highly sensitive, strong-willed child. So she feels shame very easily. I think most kids feel shame very easily. It's just how do they process it? So she felt shame very easily and went straight to fight. Her sister felt shame very easily too, but she went to withdraw. So she would stuff her feelings and just make it okay because she was well on her way to being a people pleaser. This other idea too that kept coming up is that kids aren't empathic. And I don't believe that either, actually. Scientists tell us now that we are born with the capacity to be empathic. It doesn't mean we're fully empathic, but we're born with the capacity to be empathic. And some even believe that we inherit empathy. But what I do know is that empathy grows with our children when they're shown empathy. And we, we, when we are empathic towards our kids, they learn what it is and what it feels like and how good it is. I know when I first was starting this idea of listening to the big feelings and being empathetic to my kids, I had a hard time. I didn't even know what empathy was. I think until that big tantrum, I really didn't know what empathy was because no one had ever been empathic toward me. It wasn't that people didn't tell me to be empathic or that I didn't know what empathy was like on paper or in the dictionary, but I never knew what empathy felt like. No one was empathic towards me really. My best friend taught me a lot about empathy because she was very empathic. And I think in my 20s, I started to learn that. But I didn't have a lot of experience with empathy, so I didn't really know what empathy was. But my children have a lot of experience with empathy because I'm constantly empathizing with their feelings, little ones and big ones and the icky ones and the ones where they say something unkind. And so they have tons of experience with empathy, so they are empathic people. And I think that is the best way to teach kindness, empathy, and love is to show people those things, to have them feel it. When you can feel something, when you feel unconditional love from somebody, you understand it. It becomes part of your ethos. It becomes part of your fiber. But if you just tell someone to be empathic or tell someone to be kind, that isn't necessarily going to to do it for them. So when we tell a child, you hurt my feelings, is it necessary? Is it helpful? Or is it more about us? I wanted to say this on Instagram, but I hope a lot of people from that post are going to listen to this. If that bothers you that I say we shouldn't tell our kids that they hurt our feelings or we shouldn't tell our kids that we're disappointed in them, if that bothers you, why? What is it conjuring up for you? Why is that is that hard? Is it hard because you say that and Now you're feeling bad because I'm saying you shouldn't. If so, you shouldn't worry about what I think. I'm just a person, you know, it doesn't matter what I think. And 
what you know if it if if it it only bothers me it's it's not important if you think that it's the right thing to do then by all means go ahead and keep doing it but if you're bothered enough that it's conjuring up something for you and you're writing a comment in, a, in an IG post and you're very upset that's something to think about right that's something to really think about are you upset because you do those things but you think they're right but do you think they're right because you're trying to be heard because you don't want your feelings hurt and because you're trying to play out an old hurt and an old unmet need with your child. But that's not the place to play it out, unfortunately. They aren't the place to get your unmet need met. They are a child and they are not going to recognize you in the way that you need to be recognized in order to heal from that hurt, in order to heal from the hurt of someone hurting your feelings maybe in your past or feel the hurt of not being heard and seen and understood. And so trying to fulfill that with a child in this parent-child relationship is futile. Not only that, but it is asking a lot of a child. And I almost go as far as to say is you're parentifying the child because you're expecting them to validate you instead of you validating them. And we need to be the mature adult in this relationship and validate their feelings, even if those feelings conjure up this unkindness toward us, because we are more mature. We are more put together. We hopefully are more regulated. And granted, it's not easy doing it. You're going to mess up. And I mess up doing it too all the time. But I know in my head, that's what I want to do. And I try really hard to do. Am I 100% there? No. But I'm 90% mostly there, <laughs> I think. And so just really thinking about like, how do you want to come to your parenting? And I know we're stressed, you know, I'm stressed. I'm a single mom. I've got two teenage girls who I take care of almost 90% of the time. I also provide for them financially most, almost everything. And I have a family. I have my dad to take care of who's in the middle of cancer treatment. You know, I've got my business to run. I've got many, many sweet, amazing parents, you know, depending on me for my good thinking all of the time. And I adore them and love that work so much. But it's like, there's a lot on my plate. So I get it. I totally 100% get it. But I still try to be regulated. I still try to parent at 30,000 feet. I still try to come in the best way I can to my kids, even if I'm stressed. Now, this other part of connected parenting is this idea of listening partnerships where you're paired up with a person who is also doing this parenting methodology and you meet once a week and you guys just download and you say, yeah, she told me I, she hated me. I wanted to kill her. Oh my God, I can't believe she said that. Oh, I hate parenting. Oh, it's so hard. And I get to have my feelings with my adult who will validate me, who will empathize me and will help me heal my unmet need, who will help me heal that space inside of me that needs to feel heard by my child because some other adult can be empathic toward me and that will help me get through that. But trying to get that unmet need met through a three-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 17-year-old, it's futile and it's, it's not going to work. 
because they aren't going to be able to validate you. And then if they're pushed into validating you because they are a people pleaser, now we're parentifying the, the child so that they are responsible for your feelings. So that's no good either. So it's almost our duty not to tell them that we're disappointing them or that they've hurt our feelings. It's our duty to take that feeling with an adult who can help us feel better, hopefully. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, If you haven't left a review or rating, I would be so very grateful. It keeps the podcast afloat. It keeps us visible so that we can get advertising and sponsorships so that we can pay for the editing and keep this whole thing going. So if you haven't left a rating or review, I would so very deeply appreciate it. And I'm so glad we're here. And thank you for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.